Yeah, you're sitting there with this shoebox of money, like, I need a domain. Come on, mom, get to it. Yeah. Whiskey warm to waking in. Have some fun while you're here. Do you listen? Do you hear when it's coming in? Hey, everybody. This is Lee Michaels. I'm here with an, another episode of Battle Scars. I'm here with my former business partner and, uh, podcaster in crime patrick callahan the guy's still with the voice so yeah that's it <laughs> i don't know if you're looking or sounding more shaggy but <laughs> <laughs> i got a beard there's a story to that beard but we'll have that another day why why can't we have it now um it's j- just because <laughs> <laughs> well today we are very delighted to have mac from carver ties yeah pleasure to be here thanks for having me oh awesome thank you and uh, uh fellow blue hen Fellow Blue Hen, proud Blue Hen, That's proud right. Delawarean. They are running a uh, tagline now of Blue Hen Built. Oh wow, is yeah. that right? Blue yeah. Hen Built. Blue Hen yeah, Built. Yeah, I like that. Has yeah. a little has a little ring to it. Yeah, you're on the billboard. I thought you. Oh might man, see that. I don't know. That's an ugly <laughs> billboard, man. I yeah. think I saw some tomatoes on that. <laughs> and you're just married, right? You just got married. Just recently married. Congratulations. Exciting. Yeah, yes. very exciting. The awesome. Dominican Republic, a little destination wedding. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was beautiful. Little shout out to her. Yeah, her name is Michelle McLeod. Shout out to my new wife, wow. Michelle McLeod. Love there you. I'll see you when I get home. <laughs> awesome. I didn't get the invite. Did you get her? I did not. I didn't I did not. I wasn't available. Let's so. wrap this podcast up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, we know what you do, but maybe you could explain to everybody um, a little bit about what you do, uh, your company, and, um, and then we'll jump into it. Yeah, Mac McLeod, um, founder and chief figuring it out dude at Carver Ties. <laughs> Um, eight-year-old media company, uh, headquartered in Wilmington, Delaware. And what we do is, uh, we're, we're a media company that places advertising on Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Grubhub cars. So out of home transit media for a very contemporary type of moving around cities. So, um, so you're wrapping cars with advertising messages on cars that are driving around in areas that you are designating. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. Well, our clients designate. Okay. And then <laughs> we then find and screen and then wrap. But that's yeah. awesome. When yeah. you said you were a media company, when you first started out, was that the way you, you thought of yourself? It's a great question. Now we kind of we definitely didn't think of ourselves as a media company. Even when I say it now, it's yeah. still like is it truly media? Because it's not, you know, there's not really content. Like the, the advertisement itself is the content, but it still gets bucketed into, to media, like out of home, like billboards, rap buses, street furniture. It's still, it's still considered media. So I definitely didn't understand that subtlety. Yeah. Like when we first started out and do I think it applies nicely today? I don't know. It's just kind of a nice catch all, but no, I thought we were a tech company initially, <laughs> just because I assumed. I mean, honestly, it's hilarious because when you first start out, like something about just the word startup, like is almost kind of like, like the word or feeling of tech, you feel like has to be a part of it. Like, so I, we were legit, I was legitimately confused. I thought we were a tech company in, in the early days. And uh, yeah. I remember first meeting you at UD. Um, Dan Freeman introduced us. I remember that. And um, 
one of the first things that I think we talked about you was... You stopped on my internship. Remember, I was working at the uh, trading J- center. J.P. Morgan the thing. Yeah. trading yeah, center. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stopped by, we talked. Dude, and- it was pieces of paper at that point. Like, I'm not even kidding. It was wow. pieces of paper. Wow. Hope you saved some of those. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but um, one of the things we talked about early on was that you need to fit... You need to speak a language that your buyers are, are familiar with. And if you're offering something new you need to match it to the language that they're used to. Yeah. And that's where this whole media company thing probably makes more sense to your buyers as saying, okay, this is outdoor. This is, it's a different kind of outdoor, but it's something I can understand. And um, so that must've been a, that must've been a challenge. And that's one of the things we wanted to talk about today was um, you're breaking into an industry with a new product, but you have to speak the languages of those existing products. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, the first, so the language that Media Land speaks, and specifically in out of home, is impressions. It's, okay, it's eyeballs. How many? What's your reach? How many people is it getting in front of? And then you get more nuance of like frequency and so how many times is it getting in front of people and what's its GRP? So like, like a what billboard percentage of the population does it get in front of every week? Okay. So there's little nuances to the terms, but the base the base currency that the the media industry kind of uses is impressions. Okay. And yeah, funny enough, like the first two years there was like a lot back when we, I thought we were a tech company. There was a lot of time energy spent on really trying to nail out a specific part of the business, which was figuring out how do you convert like GPS data on where a car drives into impressions. And, you know, think about it. There's a lot of variables like what roads are they traveling on? How many people are around? You know, how trafficked is that road at that time of day? Seasonality conditions, pedestrian conditions, so we actually contracted with a uh, ec- economist here at University of Delaware to put together like a, a paper on how we could start to model impression counts pa- based on GPS data. Wow! You know, we spent I think fifty k on this pretty mind you. I think like that was our left arm and our yeah. firstborn oh. son. Yeah. Like at that time <laughs> to get that, yeah. and it's just so not core to building a business at that stage in the game it's like putting so much time and energy into this like eh, you know at the time we had full reason to believe that was important you know but two years down the road boy that assumption just got blown out of the water meaning the number of assumption or the the number the fact that it was important yeah it's just not it wasn't important uh and i can hit on that in a second but um yeah, like with this algorithm that he created, like it, turned, it would have been this massive multi-million dollar project to complete because the way he was building out this algorithm was like it required um, like municipality data on the roads. So it would require like <laughs> some data analyst yeah. dude or dudette it's, it's to hard. go into yeah. every single municipality and pull that data. So if a car is driving across eight cities, this database has to reference. You would be a tech this company. Traffic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah we spent 
five million dollars <laughs> building this robust converting gps data uh into impressions and it's all historical data you know and now you just walk around and i'm getting a live feed of how many people are around wow. the cars you know so it just goes to show you how quick technology changes because at first we were looking at this algorithm totally historically yeah. and now it just happens in real time wow so was it um was it that you overthought you overcomplicated the solution or was it that technology caught up with what you were doing? Yeah, kind of two separate things. Okay. So um, we definitely put way too much emphasis on this part of the business when we first started. We thought that marketers were not going to take us seriously if we weren't able to give a bulletproof scientific answer showing that when these 15 cars that we just wrapped are driving around, you know, here's how many impressions they generate. Here's how that compares to your billboards and buses. Like we thought that we were going for like, we were trying to make it an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. We were trying, we were looking at that, um, the accuracy of that impression algorithm really as almost like, like a currency counter as like, like we need some sort of standard to weigh this thing. Okay. And like, that's not how people buy. Lo and behold. <laughs> <laughs> how do you like, so what is like it? there's levels, like it's just one of those things like, you know, when you first start, you just don't know. Yeah. And you, you just make big assumptions. You yeah. make assumptions and then you just, battle scars you just throw yourself into the fire and then like you learn oh okay no that's actually not right so that's not what they care about so then we had to recalibrate and like put it this way we would have been right if we just leapfrogged it right to the top of the client food chain and sold to procter and gamble mm -hmm. in geico and coca-cola then that would have been very important but the way that we started was very local Based, so we were selling to our first client was uh, Raybold Self Storage. Okay, they were <laughs> client of no, ours. Kid you not, yeah. Raybold Self Storage. Yeah. That yeah. was a cold call that we made from the Newcastle County uh, Directory Chamber. Book okay. Chamber yeah. of Commerce Directory Book. Pick, she picked up like I can't even believe that this happened in the twenty <laughs> first century. Like I thought cold she calls were her phone. dead. Yeah, like. Yeah, she actually answered her phone. We got the director of marketing on the line from a cold call. You know, now we get so many calls. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to pick up and yeah. just talk to a number I don't recognize? Yeah. She listened to the whole pitch, invited us to her office, and, like, me and Greg, uh, our, my co-founder, who, who joins probably eight months after the flag in the ground was planted, she, you know, we gave this whole pitch like we were presenting to a class. Like, yeah. we didn't have a... A bar of reference for like no it's a conversation needs analysis you're figuring out what's important to them so like we just went in there and just <laughs> threw up like a presentation yeah. like finished and just kind of left without any gauge on like how it went what next yeah. steps are like dude i'm like saying it finished. was really yeah yeah we left and just thought we were but it's so cool we left Thought we were on top of the world. Like, thought because we were on listened. top of the world. <laughs> because we listened. We came in there, read our PowerPoint, and we were out. And we were on top of the world probably for a week. <laughs> Followed up with Angie McMahon, God bless her soul, for six months. Wow. <laughs> and funny enough, every day 
Like we every day. We were like, all right, she's got to email us back today. <laughs> she's oh going to email us back today. I know that feeling. Little, little did we know. We all do. Just <laughs> on different scales now, you know, and different things. Yeah. But, like, we thought a six-month a six sales cycle, like, this doesn't take a day? This doesn't take a week? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're like, what? Yeah. Uh, so my, the point is, is, like, the self, the rabled self-storage is... Uh, we worked with the Orly Diamonds. That was one of our first few clients. It's a mom and pop, or uh, a mom and son, literally, and like small boutique jewelry store on 202. I met them at a Chamber of Commerce event. Like one car, paid the car driver on commission based on how many people walked into the diamond store Holy cow. and wow. said, I'm here to buy a ring because I saw the car. <laughs> Needless to say, she got paid zip. <laughs> <laughs> and needless to say, she got paid nothing. Jennifer O'Neill, our first driver, God bless her soul. <laughs> She's driving around the diamond car. Yeah, no, so she really was. What was important to them, and how did you figure that out finally? At first, they really just took a bet on me and Greg. Yeah. At first, they just bet on us. They said, you know, this isn't, you know, these kids are passionate and they really believe in something. And, uh, you know, clearly they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Right. But, you know, okay, whatever. A thousand bucks, wrap a couple cars, go ahead. Like, yeah. you know, it's not a big, it's not big table stakes. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how we got all our early deals. And then, like, you know, we got maybe 10 to 15 of these local deals. And then pretty soon we realized, okay, you know, doing it at cost doesn't make sense <laughs> and like okay but, the, these yeah, are yeah. actually what this is actually what we have to pay our drivers like okay like that was enough like lubricant going through the process right. to kind of figure out like how the process actually works like off of paper into implementation like yeah. when we're just kind of really doing it off sweat for our clients yeah not knowing if we're making money or not but definitely not making money so <laughs> just not knowing how much money we're losing really. right Right. I, I do like there was an element just from the outside observer, and I don't know if this was purposeful or not, but you had the community surrounding you too. I don't know what it like. I, I remember Greg saying he'd show up to every place the governor showed up to. Yeah, right? yeah, that was a that was it, man. Like that and was that just the playbook. That reputation, I got. That imagine. was that was just the playbook. The playbook was like, and you know, you just you get you just play your hands like based on what cards you're dealt. Yeah, and like we were coming out of UD. And uh, it wasn't Silicon Valley, it wasn't Philly, it wasn't Boston, it wasn't Austin, it wasn't Miami, it was Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. So, like, how do you gain business in this market? Well, okay, where are people going? Right. All right? Like, well, I don't have the ins and the who's who's, so I'm just going to be showing up to networking events. So this is where I'm going. Like, what's public information on where <laughs> people are going? Yeah. Greg would look at the governor's schedule to figure out, to like, okay, well, maybe some department heads and agency heads are going to be there he went there and lo and behold we started to get state business so that's great it really was just like a very when when we when i say bootstrapped like like unbelievably bootstrapped <laughs> like yeah. unbelievably bootstrapped like how i don't even know how we made it through those years like looking back we actually know i'm not even kidding like we don't know how we didn't pay ourselves anything yep. 
Like we really actually don't know how we supported like any early employees. Like just the revenue was not consistent in those early days. We had no idea if we were selling things at the right price points. Cash flow was not even a term of understanding. Like whenever we would land a new account, like I would open up a new checking account and run like a mini P&L, like a little general ledger through each checking account for that business that we were working with. So by the time uh, Tim Maha came in and started helping us out with our books, uh, and Mona connected us Mm. to him um, because we were working out of the coin loft and I knew that we were just, just, we had no idea what we were doing. Like he came in and there was like 20 checking accounts <laughs> and I was getting each like, individual check. <laughs> he was like, what is this? And I was like, well, obviously I'm opening up a checking account for every client. Like, how do you do it? <laughs> and for those who don't know, Coinloft um, was, I guess, is it was a co-working space. Yeah, was one of the first ones. It, yeah, it was one of the early ones, but I think it's rolled into, or it's not in its current space, but it was a great space for um, businesses to just what you did, just try out ideas. Dude, I miss that, man. Like, at that point in time, it felt like there was a real startup community. Yeah. Like, at that moment in time, like, whatever time that was, what was it, 2015, 2016, something like that. Even earlier than that. Yeah, I think it was. And I remember, because yeah. our, our there was like took a, over your space. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you did. There's scars on the walls, <laughs> literally, of those kind of things. It's crazy, like, what you guys all went through during that time. Um but you, yeah. you were surrounded by other entrepreneurs. That Dude, were it was so cool, man. Like, we just hired our first... I mean, it's the way it's supposed to work. We just hired our first... Look at this. Actually starting to become a tech company. We just hired our f- first senior full-stack engineer. Wow. Uh, Congrats. Last week. And uh, he's he's awesome. He's He's got his PhD in physics from UD. He, then he went the coding route. Yeah. Met him at Coinloft. So here we are, seven years later. Wow. Like, like those contacts really come came to the forefront. Yeah. The um when when you tried to describe to your clients, did they understand um, what you were doing? Was it just oh we're just wrapping cars? But I yeah, remember. that was a big issue in the early days of like, no, we don't wrap cars. Like right. we're not a commercial car wrapper. Or like. Uh, We'll wrap your car in this hot chrome color, tint your windows. <laughs> right. That was a huge issue yeah. in the early days. And like now it's not so much of an issue because we're talking to the right customers who like and we're positioning the product the right way. It's not, hey, wrap cars. Like when we started in uh, 2014 is when our we started really going like Uber and Lyft weren't. Uber wasn't that big. Like, right. they were just getting started. And they were so all black like, cars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was just in San Fran. Like, this yeah. is before the nitro button on that business got hit in probably mm-hmm. 2016, 2017. It wasn't until, like, 2017 when we hired, who's now our VP of sales. He was our, an account executive from uh, a radio station up in Philadelphia, Jim. He started on his own just presenting the product to prospects as advertise on Uber, advertise on Lyft cars. Oh, wow. So, like, he just changed the positioning of it a little bit from advertise on cars. And then, because when you say cars, it's like it brings up all these questions. Who are they? Mm-hmm. Where do they go? How do you know how much they drive? Right. What's the condition of the car? 
to you say, hey, we can get your message on 50 Uber cars. Like it just checks a huge conceptual box for the marketer on the other side of the table because like they've taken an Uber before, they've taken a Lyft before. Like they know that like, okay, this type of driver is on the road a lot. Right. And right. there's some vetting being done. There's a screening process. Right. That made a huge, huge difference. In was that business. all of a sudden one night? How did that develop? It was kind of gradual. Everything is gradual with yeah. us. It just feels very gradual. Like we'll mention something, but then, or talk about something, but then you see the effects of that happen slowly over yeah. like six months, eight months. And we knew this was when I was still selling, Greg was selling, and Jim was selling. So it was really us three. And, uh, you know, I just position it as high mileage vehicles and and like I would have to spend half the sales pitch like qualifying who these drivers are. Right. Meanwhile, like by the time you're playing that much defense in a sales presentation, you already lost. Yeah. Like yeah. they need the sizzle yeah. fast. And now let's get to it. So I was would watch him and his pitches and he would just talk about it differently and like we didn't have a robust sales deck at that time or a presentation. It was like, just talk about and show them pictures. And dude, let me tell you, our pictures were bad in those early days. <laughs> it was bad, like, like bad, bad. Like I was, I just, man, so many stories. You, we just hired you, random you, photographers and like, no matter the quality, we would just show them the prospects and. But we learned from that quick again, too. Like, we took a hard left towards quality photography of the cars. Like, once we saw how important the visuals were, when we put them in front of prospects, like, that tells the entire story to right, them. Right. You know, like, they're buying a visual medium. Like, yeah. they need to see the power of that visual. When, like, do you remember any inflection points of, oh my gosh, that is that moment that that, that day happened. Was there anything that um, comes to mind? I remember, and you've told the yeah. story a billion times, but a lot of people may have not heard this, the story of even picking up your first domain name. Yeah. Um, or, or anything like that that happened that you recall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah. If I you definitely like. want you to talk about yeah. that. Okay. Domain name. Because yeah. you told me this, you and I had lunch one day, and you told me the story of how you got the domain name. And I went back and told the guy I was working with, I said, you know how they say this next generation like isn't up for hard work and stuff like that? Do I have a story for you? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it still impresses the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah and, that's and great. So, yeah, uh, it could have gone could. either way. It could have been just a, oh, either a way, fun, you had a stupidity story. ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the story is um, when we first started the business, we used to be called Penguin Ads. And it was just a nonsensical name that I thought was catchy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, to this day, I'll say it was the best, worst marketing ever because, awesome. like, it was horrible, horrible, made no sense. Everybody remembered it. I knew we wanted to change our name to Carvertize. This is 2016, 2016. And I knew we wanted to, we, I just got hooked like a diseased animal on, like, we, I, we need to be called Carvertize. That need car advertise morph in one word carvertize that needs to be the name of the business and we can't change over to 
DBA Carvertize until yeah. we have Carvertize.com. Because, like, we can't change it and be Carvertize.org. Like, I'm not accepting that. <laughs> I'm not right. accepting that. I'm certainly not changing the name of the company and building the, the, the equity of that domain name so we have to pay more later. So it was like an all-out offense to just get that domain name. Yeah. And uh, I was playing cat and mouse with this guy through email for at least six months where I'd email him, he would go cold. I would send him a, um, you know, you, you have to register your domain name to an address. So I looked up the address, it was a, it was a home. So I'd send him a card like asking if we could buy it, but it wasn't coming from me. I, I had my mom send it. And <laughs> lo and behold, when I talked to him later, he's like, I, I'll circle back to this, but he knew something was up when he looked up my mom. He's like, why would an art teacher be trying to buy <laughs> this domain name? So he knew something was up with that one. <laughs> so yeah. He knew something was going on with this domain he name. Know what. He didn't know what. And he registered a lot of domain names, uh, right? A ton of domain names. That was yeah. the whole thing. Like Dave, good old Dave Butler lives in Cary, North Carolina. Like, he he was he was ahead of uh, the curve with the internet. So like internet was becoming a thing, and like he just went on a spree with domain names, domain names, domain names. Just just rightfully identified that like this is like the New York City housing market in like the fifteen hundreds. You know, like at some point in time, this is going to be very very valuable digital real estate space. Probably the same level of speculation that people have today with crypto. Right. Not that I'm. Paying, I'm not really paying attention to that world, but it was probably a similar conversation in the mm-hmm. early 90s. And um, so, yeah, he just, that was his thing. So he never responded. I would get some, some. he just, and I was trying to buy that domain name. And he said, like. And he finally gave you a price, right? Yeah, he gave us a price. And uh, it was something kind of high, like yeah. 15000 And I came back and said 7500 then the trail went cold so in any case like we reached just kind of like uh just like it's like all right we're either doing this or we're not doing this so he he uh registered his address on godaddy uh because that's where the domain name business was that owned it and uh so i looked it up on google maps you know that's where i was sending him letters that he wasn't responding to me at and uh, yeah, I said, screw it. Like, I'm going to drive down there. So <laughs> it was like Easter weekend. Yeah, right? yeah, it was Easter weekend. It was good memory. <laughs> yeah. And it uh, was a hell of a story. And uh, it was so it was Easter weekend, and I'm having dinner with my mom at uh, Homegrown and my aunt and uncle. And I'm telling them, like, hey, listen, tomorrow I'm going to drive down to Cary, North Carolina to, to visit this guy. I don't know. Like who Did he is. Like I just knew him by his email address. His email address was dirtworshipper at yahoo.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I knew him by was, and I assumed it was a guy. could have been a girl. Dirtworshipper at yahoo.com. Wait, dirt worshiper? Dirt worshiper at yeah. yahoo.com. <laughs> clear Sunday. as day. Here I come. Yeah, clear as day. <laughs> and uh, I just told my mom and my aunt and uncle, like, hey, I'm driving down there today or uh, tomorrow. And I think it was the day before Easter. And my mom was like, you're crazy. Don't do that. That's silly. For whatever reason, that evening, she calls me and says, Mac, I want to come too. Because <laughs> I think she looked at it as like a fun way to spend time together or whatever. Yeah. So I take out a, 
I must have cleared out everything plus some of my uh, checking account. Like at this point in time, I didn't differentiate between like business money and personal money. Sure. It was just all the same. Sure. And so I, I took out 7,500 cash from my account. I, to this day, I still can't, like, I don't even know how I had that much. <laughs> and uh, literally put that in your, uh, your proverbial shoe box and put it in a shoe box. Cause it was like a lot of cash. And uh, we drove down there, and it was like a 10-hour drive. You know, it was just, dude, it was just totally going out on a limb. No idea if he was going to be there. No idea if that was even a, like a real registered address yeah. to the guy who owned it or it's some dummy address. But, like, I just had to take a shot because, like, I didn't have anything better to do because yeah. we weren't getting sales at that point in time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's go down there to Cary, North Carolina. And we go down there and we get there around there at like 10 p.m. Or no, 8 p.m. And like he, no car is there. So like I'm hanging my head in defeat because we rolled past the house. No car there. All lights are out. And He's like on the cops. He could have yeah. been with his mom uh, in yeah. somewhere else, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Easter weekend. Yeah. So like it was just a sad. It was sad. Like I was like, all right, well, I knew that was a chance. We rolled the dice. So we, we uh, got a hotel. Went out to dinner, and then, you know, before we were going to go back and stay at the hotel, I said, hey, let's drive back one more time. And, like, we drove back one more time. Car in the driveway. Lights are on in the house. It was, like, 10.30 p.m. But a car that you saw yeah. from Google Street View. Yeah, yeah, so I knew. I knew <laughs> were, it had to be. You had a 100% stalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Google Earth. Like, yeah. you know, that car driving by, it had a... Uh, that bright blue uh, Toyota <laughs> Honda Element, I just like love that, that boxy you had that, car. You had that stocked out. Yeah. <laughs> Did I you throw in a match right free? there? I'll wrap match right there. So I uh, walk, uh, get out of the car, and I actually have my mom walk up as the sacrificial lamb. Because <laughs> well, she's get, been sending him the letters, so it's only, <laughs> only yeah, it's only right. <laughs> And uh, your mom up to the front door because I'm like I kind of look you know I don't know dark skinned guy 10:30 p.m. sort of the south I, like yeah. I you just don't know <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what the gun laws are down there like but all Not I good. know is my mom is the sweet you know Caucasian you know middle middle aged woman so I'm like there's going to be no problem. So I had to let her walk up and knock on the door. 7,500 cash. <laughs> nah, I was, I was like, I mean, come to think about it, it was actually like, I'm kind of walking in, standing in his driveway, waiting for my mom, like to knock. And, and, uh, she knocks and the guy opens the door and, uh, it was Mr. Dirt worshiper himself. <laughs> and, uh, like, he's just a very, eccentric guy like he's squeezing oranges like late at night like my like he came to the door with like an orange in his hand so i i pop out and i uh like hey hey uh mr dirt worshiper i said my name is mac he introduced himself as dave i'm like i just shot it straight i'm like hey listen i'm a student university of delaware i'm working on building this company we're called Penguin Ads. I really want this name carvertized. Like, look at all my business plans. I just drove down here from Delaware, 10-hour drive. Can we have a conversation about carvertized.com? Little did I know, sidebar, he already knew who I was. So, because he, 
he's a, he's a clever guy, digital nomad himself. So yeah. he he tried to find any connection to my mom on oh. who could be like who would what be interested could in be this? the yeah. connection to yeah. this woman. <laughs> And then, so he found me. I don't know where in digital internet land. He said, oh, hey, Mac. That, so he told me uh, later, like uh, a year later, he's like, I can't believe. He said when he was opening the door, he's like, I can't believe this guy <laughs> drove down to my house. He knew where I lived. Like he knew a lot about me like at that time, but he didn't put any of that on, you know, when... Uh, he, right. As far as I knew, he knew nothing about me. So he played a very good poker hand. So we go in there, and, um, you know, this is the conversation was just super interesting. You know, it turns out Dave was quite affluent. He made a lot of money um, buying and selling domain names. And uh, it afforded him the lifestyle that he liked to live, which was pottery and mountain biking. <clears throat> uh, or uh, gardening, pottery, mountain biking, like those were his things. And orange squeezing. <clears throat> and orange juice. No, very, he has his own diet. It's the best orange juice. Okay. House sparse as can be, nothing in it. There's just like a couch. So honestly, like me and my mom just roll up in his living room, 1030 at night. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to broach the conversation of, hey, Dave, I'm really, you know, like I brought cash to buy the domain name and i'm like can we work out some type of deal and he's like nah like i just don't i don't care about money i i don't care about money i like carvertize.com so like he, <laughs> wait yeah he, he likes the, yeah yeah he just yeah. didn't want to give it up so oh even <clears throat> even when we're down there in the living room in his living room talking about it he was just happy to have company because yeah. him and my mom were hitting it off. My yeah. mom's an art teacher. So they're talking all about pottery. They're talking all about gardening. Like they like just were lost souls instantly. <laughs> hitting you're sitting there with the shoebox of money. Like I need a domain. Come on, mom, get to it. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, this conversation, and he's a really nice guy too, by the way, but he just, he did not want to part from carvertize.com for whatever reason. Wow. So, you know, we, we're going back and forth. We're going back and forth. I throw it down, throw out an offer. He shoots it down. Like, so I'm just like trying to get creative. And then um, it was probably like 1 a.m., 1230, 1 a.m. Like we were in there for a while. I said, uh, like, this must have been the 50th thing I threw <laughs> out from my rocking chair while him and my mom were talking. But I said, um, oh, oh, sorry. One of the things he wanted is he kept on saying, like, I don't want money. I want 5% of the company. Uh, he said, give me a nickel. I just want a nickel. So he wanted his nickel was 5% of the company. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't give you 5% of the company. Like, yeah. no. Uh, so where we got to by the wee hours of the morning was I said, all right, Dave, like, I'll give you 5% of the company if you give me carvertize.com and fifty uh, and uh, $10,000 cash and $10,000 cash. And where I got that number from, I <laughs> literally just pulled it, yeah. pulled it out of thin air. Like 200000 like what's the value of yeah. like one, three sales at that time yeah. worth? A total of fifteen hundred. It's literally just a concept on paper with right, like yeah. a crazy kid 
thinking like he could figure it out. So then he actually stopped talking to my mom. So I knew I had his attention. <laughs> and uh, he thought about it for a second. He said, you know what? I'll give you 50000 So he just arbitrarily raised the amount he would give me, keeping the same amount of equity from ten to 50000 So like I just didn't even think twice. I just jumped out of the chair and I said, shake on it. And he shook on it. And, and you walked out with the domain name and $50,000? Not as instant gratification as that, but close to it. So yeah. we we verbally agreed yeah. upon a deal that evening, uh, came back the next morning and to pick up the check. And uh, lo and behold, you know, at, first of all, I was horrified because we were knocking out, out on his door for a while. And I was like, oh, my God, he did not <laughs> just play us like that. Yeah. But... Uh, he, he likes to sleep late into the late. So he opened the door and we sat down and he transferred Carvertize.com into my ownership and wrote me a check for 50000 So we left. Oh, I didn't wow. know that part. Yeah, so we left Cary, North Carolina, you know, on Easter with Carvertize.com and uh, our first investment. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know if your mom's anything like my dad, but my dad was not an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. And... So for her riding along this and, and witnessing it firsthand, like what was her, what was her feeling? What was her? She thought it was rude that I asked him for money, <laughs> and when I, like, she's just very Victorian. Okay. And uh, she she literally said, "Mac, don't say that. That's rude." When I asked for ten thousand in exchange for the five percent plus, so she just thought the whole thing was entertaining. <laughs> you know, she was along for the ride. Yeah. And, uh, she definitely thought it was cool. Like, even at that point in time, like, I was just so in it at that moment in time. It, like, it wasn't odd. I was like, oh, okay, well, that that turned out all right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that's like, great. Like, yeah, in yeah. hindsight, you're like, oh, wow, that's a really improbable, like, story that yeah. that happened. And, and too many people, including myself, like, and, and this is probably the biggest thing, um, I would have just caved, caved and given them 5%. Like, at that point in your development, yeah, if you yeah. don't have that vision of where you're trying to go to just ingrained in you, which, of course, did. Like, it's, I'll just give them whatever I, you know, you want 50% of the company? Sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also because you're practical by this point. Like, when you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're, like, you know, like, you think you're sitting on Facebook. So, yeah, like, yeah. why would I give you 5%? Of my five hundred million dollar company, <laughs> this thing is worth the legal paperwork that you filed it at with the the state of Delaware. You but know, I will like, say that like it's like equity is the one thing that you can't ever when you give somebody five percent, they always have five percent. Yeah, it's no matter where this thing goes down or up, assuming it goes up. But equity is something I always try to hold on to because I like one, it's easy to it's somewhat easy to give out it's really hard to get back yeah so if um you're giving it to an employee or something like that and they want five percent it's like okay you know now we have to figure this thing out and then when that person doesn't work out or leaves for whatever reason now all of a sudden you have to find a way to get that back and now all of a sudden the valuation that they want isn't the valuation that you want and equity is always that one thing that I'm really nervous to to hand out because it's really tough yeah, to get rightfully back. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah, it's tough. So you so fast forward to today because I want to make sure we start to yeah, uh, keep please. an eye on time. Yeah, please. Fast forward today. So you started. You were a UD student. You were Penguin Ads. You had um, a couple small things. You were figuring it out. 
You now have a, do- a domain, Carvertize. Fast forward to today. Tell us about tell us about the company today. Uh, so today, there's thirty five to be forty by the end of the year employees. Mostly no, here in Wilmington. Scattered. I'd say okay. twenty uh, twenty are in Delaware, okay. and then twenty are just scattered across the U.S. So like our whole sales team, Dallas, Tampa, okay. Miami, San Diego, L.A., Chicago philly new york city okay so like they're they're very scattered okay um Some yeah so today accounts. we have 2700 wrapped cars driving wow. on the road wow for right now there's 90 between 90 to 100 live campaigns on the road so like in total the client portfolio is probably like 300 350 clients but at any given point you know some people are running campaigns and some aren't um you did something with Netflix, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We, we do a lot. We do a lot for them. So, wow. like, whenever they're launching, like, a new show and a more, they want to create a buzz. And typically, it's something that has a car theme to it. Like, they'll tap us in. So, we did a lot of cars for them in Miami, Jacksonville, Daytona for um, Mitchell's versus the Machines. Uh, we did, uh, I think it was the crew with Kevin James, but yeah, Netflix is one of our more prominent clients. Valvoline has become a large client, Buffalo Wild Wings, GlaxoSmithKline. Some big names, like big household names people know. Yeah, for sure. Nationwide. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's, uh, in, it's taken a while to just get to a place where like brands trust you with their message. Like. It, it honestly took nothing but time, like, and just, like, staying power, you know? We just, we're launching a, a campaign now for uh, Molson Coors, for Vizzy, and mm. now Miller Lite. So that one is really exciting to the team. We're advertising at the uh, Baltimore Ravens Stadium for Miller Lite. So oh, very see, cool. Uh, yeah, the product has really evolved, too, where it's not just, like, this utilitarian, like, Wrap a whole bunch of cars and off they go into the wild. That will be the like base layer, but then we incentivize the drivers to be in very specific times at, at you know, specific places, specific times. So we sell swarms. So we'll sell like 20 cars for three months in Philadelphia, but throughout the duration of that campaign, 10 drivers have to go to 10 Eagles games and like be on site driving around a specific path or parking in tailgate area it's almost taken a pivot towards kind of sports sponsorship in a way Hmm. yeah that's interesting yeah and that's what's really been clicking like meetings are just being landed left and right because it took a while to kind of find that product market fit um and more kind of found us you know people just started asking if we could send the cars to these games right and then we just started packaging the product a little bit differently and just changing the way we spoke about it a little bit, changing the way that brought it into the sales presentation. Now it's just like a whole different thing. It's like all of a sudden, like selling was almost like bad tasting medicine. Cool to some people, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like overall, like, but now it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you can get 50 Uber cars at the LA Ram Stadium. Like, how much is that? Okay, how much is that, you know, banner, like, legit banner, like, in left field that we are considering? Well, let's do this. Oh, and, interesting. And how are, 
are they comparing you to another campaign and how are they making that judgment? And how did you educate that client to do that? Yeah, so what sells, lo and behold, is not necessarily these impression counts, just it's the concept. It's it's the it's the does this make sense like to our clients? Like our clients you know, for for the most part, like you don't have to sell them on the efficacy of advertising because that's already a sustainable part of their strategy because they're bought in on outdoor advertising as a whole as billboards yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. or banners in left field or whatever a hundred percent so yeah. like you don't have to sell them on that they already understand the value and so when we walk into their office or now a zoom call and we're showing you know just the scope of what we can do you know the value trade-off that they're doing in their head is saying okay i'm spending ten thousand a month you know, with these three billboards on I-76, or they're saying they can wrap 20 Uber cars and five times during home games for the Eagles at the Lincoln Financial Field, they can have 10 cars at the game. So I'm like, they're, they're just yeah. doing these value trade-offs in their head and they're saying, well, that's cooler. That sounds cooler. Yeah. And so, like, that's 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 how people buy, you huh. know? Like, you need the impressions is just, like, your ticket onto the field. Your okay. table stakes, yeah. T- like, okay, yeah. great. You got them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. put them away. Like, yeah. what's going on here? Right. Okay, well, we can get you 50 cars here who can do this. We could do it like this. We could do creative like this. Or we could do it like this. Now, it's just, like... It's the concept. They're buying the concept. They're buying the idea. They're buying, they think it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? So if you had advice for somebody, and we'll close with this, uh, advice for somebody that's trying to break into a new industry. They've got an idea. They want to break into a new industry. Like you were breaking into outdoor advertising. Uh, do you have any, like, words of wisdom? or? Yeah, specific? it's just, you don't, you don't have to... <laughs> I, I, first of all, I'll take any words of wisdom that you have. <laughs> but... <laughs> It, like you know what well, we've just the the mantra we've stuck to is like you just don't have to f- have it all figured out to get started it's like you're never ever going to have all the answers and it's never yeah. ever going to be perfect yeah you're never like talk to the industry's foremost leaders and they'll tell you like how they're just beginning to understand how the industry works like there is like they, no industry is ever going to stop changing like so um, just getting started and learning as you go. I okay. mean, that's as lean startup as it gets, Absolutely. right? So yeah. it's just, you know, like just getting started. That's great. That's great. Touching the stove, getting the battle scars. There you go. <laughs> A lot of those, right? Well, this was awesome, Mac. Thank you yeah, so much. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah.